0: You are now listening to the Playmaker Podcast. Before we get into this episode, we want to show some love to our partner, Stateside Vodka. I know y'all love to drink and hate hangovers, so why not drink something that is gluten-free, blended with electrolytes, zero sugar, zero carbs, and vegan. If you want to purchase this, visit statesidevodka.com and use code PLAYMAKER or click that link In the description below. Um, We hope you enjoy this episode. And once again, visit statesidevaca.com and use code PLAYMAKER. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's good, family? This is the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. And today I have a special guest co-host, my brother. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: My name is Devin Coleman, (laughs) the younger brother of Reggie Coleman. Bro, chill. (laughs) And we have
0: a special guest today, uh, Assistant Head Coach at TCA, Mr. Sean Smith. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So um, I'm glad to see you safe, you know, we're in the pandemic and whatnot. I'm um, glad you're safe, healthy, um, and thank you for coming today. Uh, so let's get right into it. Who inspired you or what inspired you to begin coaching at such a young age? Because I know you've been coaching for well over 10 years now. So who inspired you or what inspired you?
3: uh my family um coaches everybody from my uncles to my dad to my mom um have coached and the way I got into coaching was on accident and uh I just like fell in love with it I was like I'm 5-5 I ain't going to the NBA so <laughs> I might as well start coaching yeah. so you know coaching uh basically it keeps me involved in the game it keeps me you know knowing who's up next and it keeps me like involved in my community as well. It's not just a, you know, you just don't coach. You end up being a mentor. You end up being a teacher. So it, it it just was like there. You know, coach was like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to be.
0: So when when did you know like even though you say yeah you was five you five five you knew you wasn't going to the <laughs> NBA. I learned that later in life. But um, <laughs> when did you know like yo this is really like something I'm passionate about. Like I want to, and not only passionate about, but you wanted to like impact the kids like because I know y'all got team blessed yeah and we could talk about that or you can talk about that within this question but when did you know like this is something I really want to do for I guess the rest of the, or for your career
3: uh 10th grade I mm. did um I did the preseason workouts I did everything at the high school and something told me like going to tryouts coach was like you know turn your paperwork and get your physical done and Something told me, like, don't do that. Don't don't tell your paper again. You're going to waste your time. <laughs> and from that day, I just said, like, coaching was what I wanted to do. And I really fell in love with it because of the parents that I had, the players that I had. They were committed to, like, playing basketball. And I knew, you know, my dad coached Franz and all those other guys. And it was just, this it's coaching. Like, mm-hmm. Let's do it. Like, you know, you know how to do it. And like now I, I sit down. My my dad watches every game that we play.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: He tells me, you know, you did this wrong, that wrong. He kind of hates the offense that I run, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, it's it's new age basketball. It's not really the same stuff, but I keep the same principles. And um, that team, blessed team that I had, we had them. They're juniors in college now, so I mm-hmm. uh, there that team was crazy, and they went from me to Coach Bob Fusig to a bunch of other different coaches and. That like family that we put together at that time just made us like wanna stay together as a as a group and we enjoy winning. Like we the last summer we played together, we were like 76 and oh. So like it was <laughs> like we we were going to play and you know the guys wanted to play together and we had division one talent coming off the bench and what made it so good was that they didn't care that they came off the bench. Mm-hmm. They wanted to play, they wanted to win, and that was the most like the the best experience I had. Because you just figured out, like, winning is, like, it cures all all issues. So, understanding that and understanding players, I I was fine with that. And how did
0: that team come together? Was it, like, just the luck of a draw or a draft? Or, like, you put that team together yourself?
3: Uh, The summer before I put that team together, initially, those guys were in fourth grade. And I seen Quaishon Lane play at Moody Park. And... That summer, I had took over for a coach. Like I guess I mm-hmm. fell into it on accident. I took over for a coach, and the team wasn't good. So his team didn't like weren't wasn't in the league anymore. And I told his mom, I need Quay on my team to start a team. Like mm-hmm. you know, every team needs a good point guard. So from that time on, I like people don't believe this, but I kind of let my players like who do you want to play with? You want to play with this guy? Mm-hmm. You want to play with him? And That's how we really form a lot of teams. It always is, you know, who do you play well with and are they going to defend? Yeah, they're going to defend. All right, they can play with us. And that's how we formed most of our teams is we get that one piece and we let that one piece kind of put everything else together. And then once you see everything else, everybody else is like, oh, I want to play with them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard because you tell kids, like, you don't want to play. This is hard. This is not easy. This is – we expect perfection every night, even though we're not going to get it. That's what we want. And I guess the parents and the kids kind of enjoyed that That kind of, um, you know, culture. That mm-hmm. was what we had put in place.
2: You got one? Yeah, wait. So what age you started, like, coaching at? I was 14. So, like, at 14 – did you have to earn like that respect from yeah. the players, or they just no? Oh no. The players with
3: the players it was easy. We they wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Like we were winning. We were winning from day one. The first year we had, we weren't defeated. So it was like you know, I knew that my dad had put that in place. Like mm-hmm. you know, we don't lose. Like we went to Indiana, um, two thousand five and two thousand six, with Franz. Like my dad had Franz and my older brother and all them and we were practicing twice a day, hot summers in Moody Park, mm-hmm. and nobody cared that it was hot. Mm-hmm. It was like, we have to, we have this team together, we're going to win, and we're going to prepare as if we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember the days, like, in the back seat, like maybe in the trunk of my dad's car, <laughs> and, like, everybody's in there, Franz running out with his, you know, food right before mm-hmm. practice, and everybody's just, like, we were prepared to win, and preparation was something I always took serious. Like, we – the first team, we our first thing was Moody Park. Mm-hmm. You didn't miss a Saturday practice. I don't care what time practice started, the parents knew. You just don't miss practice because preparation was what always got us over. We knew what that other team was going to do. We had our game plans in place, and that's how we go in, you know, all the time.
0: So how was it coaching all those – essentially you had all-star pl- players because yeah. you said Quay was your first player, then he picked – obviously the other players he picked were great on their own, they mm-hmm. could have been the number one option on the team. Yeah. So I think of, like, Kentucky or Duke or them top schools where they have all the top talent. Right. But how did it, How was it coaching them and trying to get them to figure out, like, team first and it's not all about your stats? How did that go?
3: It was easier then than it is now. Right. Like it was so much easier then because they they understood that, like, they weren't with the, you know, I got to score 30 a game. They were just trying to win.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now it's like, you know, big man shoot threes now. So now you got to rein that in. Like, then it was we run our sets, we run our plate, we're good. Mm-hmm. But um, with them, it was so much of winning. Like, I, I was telling one of the guys last night, he came in the huddle last year, and he had been with us for maybe five years at that time. I was talking to the huddle. He's like, yo, coach, be quiet like, look at him, I'm like, be quiet. He's like, yo, play defense and he going to shut up. Mm. And that was it. And I'm like, you finally understand what it is, you know. So we, they understood that. They understood defense was the name of the game, and that was it. Like, after they understood that, I couldn't really – I didn't really have to do much. It mm-hmm. was just making sure that their effort was consistent every night that we stepped on the floor because it was a standard. We have to – you might not win every game, but you got to play hard. And, and that was just really what that was.
0: And going back to Moody Park, um, I know your dad runs it. So what did you exactly do there? And just talk a little bit about Moody Park and how's it going right now and what's the, I guess, future plans, even though we're in a pandemic?
3: I mean, I do everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I schedule games. Mm-hmm. I put kids on teams, registrations. Uh, like, my dad is, like, the president. Like So, you know, mm-hmm. he goes out and he gets sponsorships and – you know, he makes the final call when I don't have no idea what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets with people. I hate meetings. Like meetings is <laughs> <laughs> are the worst thing. You, like, what are we meeting about? We know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But he goes there. You know, he meets with all the proper people. Make sure that the cops are in place. He makes sure that everything is in place. After I, I tried to make sure it was in place, and I probably ain't do a good job at making sure that everything was right. So, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, for Moody Park, I just. Try to do everything, you know, and it's a family affair for everybody. My mom handles the workers. My dad handles the referees. hey and my uncle. And then I do the scheduling for the entire – all the six leagues that we have. Mm-hmm. And um, future, we're going to be back and rolling, rolling this summer. And I think we're probably going to try to start earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the summer is, is going to be – this summer should be probably one of the best summers we have because we just had a lot of time to prepare. Right. Like we, you know, we but giving us time to prepare has a, a, allowed us to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what teams you want. We trying to go with a different format this year for the high school teams to get more teams there to be able to, you know, basically increase the exposure of all the kids that are at Moody Park and bring some more kids in where you say you can play against, you know, a team from Philly, you can mm-hmm. play against a team from Delaware. But with Covid, you know, it may subside what we're trying to do, but we know what we want to do, you know. It's, so
0: if it's, if COVID uh, allows it, you guys are trying to get out-of-state teams yeah. this year? Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, have you ever had, besides like Pensbury? Um, We've had a lot
3: of interest. It's just yeah. that the timing is, you know, we play 6, 7, and 8 o'clock. Yeah. So they would always have to play 8 o'clock games. Mm-hmm. We had a team from New York try to come down. They played like two weeks. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, you know, teams from, from like that area, from like the Tri-State, have always tried, but it's so hard because of the timing. Like, yeah. I got to be here by a certain time. But other than that, like, we've always had teams that wanted to play, but it's just difficult. And mm-hmm. I think that the new format is going to allow us to have them come in shorter periods of time where they ain't got to worry about being here for eight straight weeks. Right. So that, that's, that was really the toughest part for a lot of them, like eight straight weeks. Twice a week, I got to be here by a certain time every day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. It's cool. <laughs>
0: but that was it. So be on the lookout for Moody Park this summer. Maybe start starting a little earlier. Um, So you said you've been coaching since 14. So what's that, about 10 years? Yeah, 10 just, years. Um, me. After Moody Park coaching and, I guess, rec leagues, you started at Trenton High? Yeah,
3: well, first I or was no? at Ewing.
0: Ewing, how, yeah. so let's go from Ewing, and then we'll go along the line as you uh, progress.
3: Yeah, Ewing, 10th grade year, like I said, I did everything preseason. Like, I mm-hmm. was ready to play, and something said, no, nah, I don't do it. <laughs> so, when I did that, um, you know, uh, Shelly and her husband, John, coaching my dad for forever. So, it was a seamless transition for me to go in and, you know, learn from her. And I tell people to tell this day, like, organization, like, a program – Y'all know Nick Saban. Like, she mm-hmm. was like Nick Saban. Like, right. everything was, it was this way or you just get out. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, man. I don't know. But it made us who we were. Mm-hmm. We understood that, um, you know, you late to practice. You know you running them five laps for every minute. It wasn't no question about it. You know, you knew that that was going to happen. You knew what plays we were going to run. You knew how everything was supposed to be handled. You knew study hall was every Monday. So, it wasn't like, you know, questions about what happened. So, Organization wise, I learned so much there and I was there four years because I did my first year of college when I went to Mercer. Mm-hmm. I stayed around and I helped and it was just it was amazing to see um I seen the beginning of like what we call the dynasty of like we we had a 10 year stretch from 2011 to like 2020, 2019, like somewhere around there where we were in a state championship or the state finals every like every year. Like, and it, it started where she basically, I was at the game that they lost. Um, I guess that might have been 2010. Yeah, a 2010 season or something like that was Dante Jones and all those guys. Mm-hmm. I seen that game and I walked into the game like, you starting all sophomores. Like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, like this was never something that happened. So she started all sophomores and I, that was where the dynasty had started, where it went through like, Dante and them had three more years left. Mm-hmm. And then Trey Lowe came, and then, you know, you had the, the group. Of, I want to say that might have been like, um, I don't even know, Karan Johnson and a couple other those guys. But it was a consistent, like, every year JV guys became varsity guys. They made their improvements, and everything kept going. So you learned about, the, like, the program there. Um, so that lasted, like, you know, four years. We went to three state championships, I think. In my four years, we won one. The soft, my sophomore year, we won a state championship, and then we lost the other three or four that we went to. I don't, can't even remember. And then um, I went to Trenton.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Trenton was like – it was amazing. It was amazing yeah. coaching at Trenton. I don't think people really understand what it feels like having a city behind you. Mm. Like that was a different feeling because it's like you, you're usually fighting for like a town. You know, it's a couple people. You yeah. know, like same people come to the games all the time. When you're coaching in a city – it's like the whole city is here.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like you, we fitting people in this little bandbox <laughs> of Rivera. Gym. Like I'm talking, like <laughs> this was like Europe, like for the city. And we used to do things like called the city run, where we would run from Trenton High to like Rivera. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it doesn't seem that far when you're driving, but when you're running, it's like that's like five six miles. So you're running that, and you see the people like they beeping their horns at you and. People clapping and cheering for you. Why are you running in the street? And it's like, this is bigger than me. And that lasted for two years. And uh, I went to a primetime shootout game. And Fauci asked me what I was doing. I had no idea. I was, like, done with it. And I said, uh, you know, nothing. <laughs> he said, go downstairs and, and, and be the freshman coach. Mm. <laughs> <Be> the fr- <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, go downstairs, you know, be a freshman coach. And. I did that, and um, that was, like, one of the best um, moves, I can say, uh, for my career because it just, it opened my eyes to what, like, high school basketball in a non-public school is really about. You know, you, in public schools, you're fighting for your community. You're fighting for your city. In a non-public school, you're fighting for the name on the front of your jersey, mm-hmm. and you're fighting for yourself at a certain point in time. Like, everybody in a non-public school has the aspirations of, Going to college for free, mm-hmm. so the work ethic that you see in the summer, you know, from the all seasons, and you know the kids wanting to play games. Like parents are, co- why are we not playing in the fall? I'm like, yo, we ain't supposed to be playing. <laughs> like, well, call the kids up. I'm coaching them. Like, you know, and it's like it was a different environment, and they wanted to. The kids want to play. They want to be. They want to play the Roselles. They want to play, you know, St. Pat's. They want to do that every day, and. Putting the schedule together, you know, some of y'all can see the schedule that we have now, but it's like, it's every year. Like you, you was there, like, you know, yeah. you play everybody. Top teams like every you year. You play everybody, and, you know, I was...
0: That's yeah. how Fauci always was. He still is. Yeah. Like, he want to play the top teams, whether we had the best talent or not. Right. He want to see where we fear against right. the best, not only in the state, but most of the times they was top in the country, when, right. especially when I was playing, and they still are yeah. now. So it's like... You gotta love that as a player, and I'm sure as a coach, yeah, to like the be preparation in those is so gym. Fun. Yeah, it's it's fun to play against those guys and me. Like you said, use five five. I'm like yeah. five six. I love playing against those quote unquote giants because yeah. like it was it was a couple games where I, I played my best games against those top schools. And um, it was just fun to be in that environment, and I played with six other D one players. So Man, I remember
3: when y'all played St. Anthony's, and <laughs> what was this three overtimes? Yeah, Four. I was de- like I had a, <laughs> I had a championship game the next day. <laughs> we kept pushing our practice time back that day because everybody was at the game. So and then we <laughs> driving back. It was a rain. I was a rainstorm or something that day. It was, it was something it was crazy. A,
0: uh, it might have snowed a little. It bit. It was
3: something crazy, and it took us like two hours to get back from Tom's River. We still had practice that night, but it was just like, we were there and I remember that day and I'm like, this is like, I want to be a part of this because it was just something different than, you know, than the normal.
2: So since you coached at like a public and a private school, Mm -hmm. what is like the biggest jump or the biggest difference between coaching at a public and coaching at a private school?
3: Uh, coaching at a, at a public school, it was just more so about, um, the program and making sure that, you know, you, you know, it's still at a a private school, it's still like the, you know, you're making sure that the program is going well, but at a public school, you have who you have. Mm -hmm. So you can't like, you know, you're going to go with who's there and you got to tailor your system to, I have this group of players this year, this group coming up, let's try to mix something to where... The JVs are going to learn and develop, and the varsity guys are still going to be good at it. At a private school, it's like, this is what we do. Go find the players that do it. You know, like, this is not like, you know. Uh And we've struggled. We've struggled with that mightily over the last two years or so because we haven't had those dogs. Uh Like, you know, this year, everybody at TCA and our community is excited because we have a different type of team. Um, the way that the way that these kids fell into our lap this year was like it was a perfect storm for us you needed you know we needed an athletic wing one fell into our lap moved down here just to move down here we needed defensive guards Burlington City canceled their sports (laughs) so you know two two kids come calling and you know uh, we sent them through regular process admissions and you know our missions, Miss Renee, is the best at the mission, so it's like we get everything done that we need to to get done. But that's like the biggest thing is that public school you have who you have in a private school, there's no excuse. Like you, you can you can get who you yeah, want. Yeah, get who you want. Do do what you want. And um, the, the 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 kids in a in a private school um are just they just know like basketball is my way out. There's no like they have distractions. But going to a school like TCA, you you can't really get distracted. Everybody, school the school two floors. Like, where you going? Ain't <laughs> Barely no, that. Yeah, it's barely that. You ain't going in and out of class. You know, you ain't walking around the school. Ain't no skipping yeah, class. No skipping class. You know, when you make that commitment to go to a private school, it has to be like, this is this is my way out because there's no way that I can get caught up because if I get kicked out, I'm back where I started at. So that was. And that's the really big difference
0: there. So, now that you're at a private school, what do you when you go out, I guess, quote unquote, recruiting players to come to the school? What do you look for in a player? Is it like character, of course, it's skill, but yeah. other than that, is it character, how they uh, treat or treat their teammates on and off the court? Like, what do you look for in, a, in a player? Work ethic, it's work ethic.
3: Like, if you're, if you're not going to work because like we're not there every day, mm-hmm. I like guess, coaches. And my first, I got hired at TCA August 6th or 7th. I started um, at like 2017, 2016, something like that. August, like maybe like three days later, four days later, um, I'm driving up to the school. It's my, maybe 12 o'clock. They're leaving.
2: Mm.
3: Like they're literally, they're getting out of there. What time y'all got here this morning? Eight o'clock? Eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't never did that. You know, and <laughs> ever since then, it's like, all right, I know what I like, – I got to beat you here. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to beat me to the gym. You ain't going to outwork us. Like, I don't care what it is. You're just not going to outwork us. And um, that group was outstanding because they worked hard. And that's something that, you know, that I learned from Coach Fauci mm-hmm. a lot was that work ethic is – it will get you over when, you know, when times are hard, when you're mm-hmm. tired, when you're defeated – if your preparation is there and you work hard at it, you're always going to end up in the winner circle because you're ready. Like you're ready, you're more prepared than everybody else.
2: Um. So Fauci stepped down as the coach, right? Yeah. It, so
3: he's he's yeah he's he's coaching JV right now, which is y'all got to see this. that. <laughs> that's a show. Like that's really a show because he coaches. Like everybody knows he coaches basketball one way, mm-hmm. and like it's. You know, you're going to do it his way, you're going to do it hard, or you're not going to do it at all. So that is, you know, where that is. But, yeah, he he around.
2: So for varsity, mm-hmm. how big of a role did you have to fill in for him as, you know, he was like one of the best coaches in Mercer County? So
3: um, it, it wasn't really uh, a lot. It wasn't a very big role. But um, uh, Coach Eric is like, he understands the game from a different level. Mm-hmm. And him and I, like, he's like maybe 30 something like 34, 35, but like understanding basketball now versus like where we are at, at a totally different like we have to tell our kids now to post up. Like you have to have Everybody that con- yeah. five out sure, every bro. game. Like you have sure. to have that conversation, like post up, you have to like, you know, make a basketball play. You have to tell them to make a basketball play. Like the play goes off schedule they sitting there still trying to run the play. Mm-hmm. So it's like now it's more so of me being more detailed in practice than it was anything else because, if you know, if out ran practice, one person talks, you don't say anything unless, you know, unless he asks for it. So it was like, you know, it, that was the biggest difference is that I had to um, step up. But being a head coach prior to being an assistant was key for me because I seen a lot of different scenarios to where, like, I go into games now, I may have 40 different out-of-bounds plays, like, where, all right, we in this situation, we can run this, this, and this, right? Or, um, you know, this play ain't working, like, we went to practice today and put in a play, like, and it was like, you know, this this is going to get us back to what we want to get into, Mm -hmm. but this is going to help us. So being a head coach was very key before I got there because it just – it opened my mind up to basketball from a bigger, bigger perspective. And I don't really, like, watch what we do on offense more so. I'm a defensive guy, mm-hmm. and Fauci's an offensive guy. So it worked very well for us to be like, you know, I'm like, you ain't in help. He like, you ain't make a shot. <laughs> you know, So it's like, it's, it's those different type of things. But it was very, um, it's very cool, you know, with him being around because he's a, he's a very good mentor. He tells you, what you want to hear and like what you need to hear Mm -hmm. not what you want to hear and that has prepared me you know now to where you know next four or five years so I hope to be a head coach of a program
0: and on the second half of this show we'll talk about Sean's time at TCA this season um how it's going and the future plans for TCA and also him in let's say five or ten years so all right, welcome back. I hope you purchased some of that uh, vodka, stateside vodka. You know, link is in the description. Um, it's vegan free. You heard what I was saying in the sponsor video, so make sure you go get that. But um, back to the back to the <laughs> interview. Um, so TCA this season, you beat a couple top teams in the state: Roosevelt yeah. Catholic. Uh, I'm blanking. Who else did uh, you? Beat?
3: We beat St. Thomas last mm-hmm. night. It was, that was a wild game. We actually lost a game like that my first year. Mm-hmm. We were up like 19 and ended up losing the game by like 10 um, my first year there. But um, we beat Don Bosco the mm-hmm. first day, and uh, they were like number, I think like 16. We were unranked. Mm-hmm. We were kind of mad we were unranked. Like we knew the team we had, but <laughs> nobody else knew the team we had. So that was different. But from day one, it was. we practiced for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um got to the friday before we were supposed to open up the next tuesday um parent called he got covid mm. they shut us down um that was you know the kids were kids was mad yeah. i'm like i was out of state and um i was just like yo i couldn't do anything from where i was at mm-hmm. but i'm like this is crazy because of we were ready to go. Like, that was a team that was like, was like you ever have a dog that's in a cage, <laughs> like they was breaking down mm-hmm. doors ready to go. So uh, we went through all the COVID protocol. We had one date that we were supposed to come back. Scheduled games for from that date on. Then they gave us a second date that we could come back. The first day we came back, we played Don Bosco. We played them at 3 o'clock. We had a 10 o'clock in the morning practice for the first time in two weeks. Wow. Never Hadn't touched the basketball in two weeks. We had a 10 o'clock in the morning practice. Um, We probably practiced for about an hour and a half. I looked at the kids, and I knew they were ready. Mm -hmm. Like, it was nothing else that we can do. Um, I was just like, are we going to be able to sustain for 32 minutes just because we hadn't practiced Mm -hmm. for that long? And they came out, we were up 31-5, like (laughs) number number 16 team in the state. We couldn't play no better. You know, I was – I was happy, you know, very, very happy with that. And, um, you know, Roselle Catholic, we hadn't beat them, I don't think. We beat them in eight years, nine years whatever. So that game was huge. Um, You know, Braxton Jones stepped through big for us that game. Um, Deuce Jones came in had 14 um, as a freshman, which was – you play Roselle Catholic as a freshman. You ain't supposed to have – I don't care what Roselle Catholic team Mm -hmm. it is. You ain't supposed to have 14 points. And um, we had a uh, – that was good. and think we played Lenape the next game, and then we lost two in a row. We lost, We just lost to Elizabeth and, and we Life lost Center. to Life Center, mm-hmm. which, I mean, they were very winnable games. But those teams were good. They played 32 minutes of basketball, which we didn't play. Mm-hmm. And um, got back to everything yesterday. Did we play yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Days, the weeks are running <laughs> together now at this point. So we played yesterday, um, down 17 with three minutes left in the third quarter. We made a a sudden change with um, our lineup, and it changed the entire game. A kid that hadn't played the whole season. Came in, um, hit a three, had a tomahawk dunk, had 16 points from three minutes on to the end of the game, and um, that was it. And, you know, we preach this year defense. Like, defense is what we do, like – you know as much as we work on our offense every day defense is very key in what we do and it turned around um you know very quickly we put on the press and we did everything but you know in terms of the covid season this is crazy like you you cannot have a game tomorrow mm-hmm. play you know the team will cancel for tomorrow's game and instead of you going to north jersey you going to south jersey instead of you going to the shore you going you know, to Northwest, you going to Gill or Somerset or something like that, you know, to play wherever you're playing. So this this season has been weird. And it's, I was telling like one of the kids today, like, I usually have a point in the season where like I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, it's a lot going on. We usually have that week where we play like one or two games. We haven't had that yet. And we've been going, we've been going every day since the day that, you know, we did our two week COVID break. But in between that, in the start of the season, and now we've been going every day, Sundays included. And the kids don't like. We like, yo, let's have off. The kids like, no, like for uh, what? That's like, what good. Are, like, what are we having off for? And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> you don't want to have off again. Guess we can't have off. So, you know, we don't have off. But other than that, it's been a crazy season.
2: How was this TCA team different from other TCA teams in the past? Do you
3: think they play defense. <laughs> <laughs> like their their biggest their like our biggest thing is defense. Like now, um, you know, since the the two twins came in, Jamil and Jamal from Burlington City, um, I've always felt like over the years we needed a culture change. And it wasn't like the kids were bad, it was just we um you couldn't get what we wanted to get. Like we wanted to have like, you know, we wanted to outscore you. Well, We ain't the Warriors. You ain't got everybody, you know, everybody ain't shooting from all positions. So, you know, when we brought those twins in, it was was a culture change for us. They brought an attitude that we needed. They brought an energy, you know, they brought an energy to the team. Like I was telling you prior, like, we were having this conversation, like, about the offense, and you know, they both looked at me like we came here to play defense and I said, Oh, all right, play defense then. You know, don't we don't talk to me about offense. We gonna play defense and that's it. You know, they they've become very um important pieces to this team. And um them along with like uh Deuce Jones and um Kid Brian Bernard, we have like very good defenders. We can just I'm like we can rotate defenders at like the guard position where we feel like we're not going to have – like, the Twins play the best defense, but, like, if it's, like, you got to get somebody else to play defense, we have other guards that can play defense as well. And the senior group this year is is different. They don't have, like, that ego mentality. They're very invested in winning. So, like, with Freddie and Brandon and Dajir and all – those guys are just – they want to win. They care about winning. So, with that, it's like – we needed to – they know we needed to play better defense. So, with them, com- with the Twins coming in, it was like, oh, all right. Y'all take care of the defensive part. We'll handle everything on offense. We're good. So, that was – you know, that's very different about this team, and that's the best thing about this team than any other team that we had, really.
0: I want to go back real quick to the kid who – did the senior who didn't play all season, mm-hmm. got his number called and, and took advantage of that opportunity because mo- a lot of times kids – Especially seniors, if they not playing the whole season, they they like tune out, like what's going on, don't know what's going on on the court, not interested in practices. But it's good to see that he came in the game ready Mm to. To produce, it could have been one minute, it could have been two minutes, but it ended up being a nice chunk of the game, and he ended up having a a great game uh, where you say he got a a dunk. Uh, He had 14 points, I think you said. like, So kids out there listening, I'm not saying this will be you. You will have 14 points and whatnot, but just stay ready because at some point the coach may need you, and if you don't know what's going on, that's just making it worse on you. The next time when they looking down that bench to look to see to, to put in, and they look at you and they remember that last that last game they put you in, you wasn't ready, you wasn't rotating right, you ain't know what was going on. So I just wanted to, I ain't want to overlook that.
3: No, that's that's key though. Like I mean, like I said, that 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 kid like a senior transfer, like you transfer, you expect to play. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you you want to play right away, and I mean he he was getting spared like. He wasn't like like you said, I was getting one or like maybe one or two minutes, like, you know, garbage time. Like <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he would play like first quarter, may not go back in the rest of the game, you know, like, play second quarter, may not go back in. Mm-hmm. And he had showed things in practice that I just was like, uh, if it was consistent, right. like mm-hmm. we can do it. You mm-hmm. know, if it becomes more consistent, we can put you out there. And it was just like, all right, you know, that day he did what he had to do and he came in, had a key steal, had a key. You know, he made three threes and, and like tomahawk dunks. I'm just like, all right, you <laughs> know. He shot one three to out. Like you watched the game, I got really upset. We was up, we was up 20 uh, 58, 57, and he shot a three. Mm. But like other than that, he played a complete game. And like we tell our guys all the time, we feel like we got nine starters. Mm-hmm. Like we can play any group of five kids, and we have belief in them. And um, with you know, with him coming in the game and, and making that impact, it was just more belief for our bench players that, like, if I do the right things, I can just – I can play. You know, there's no reason for Coach not to believe in me if I do everything I'm supposed to do that, and that they're asking me to do.
2: So I want to talk about the freshman. <laughs> how is he – because obviously be in the stats, how is he <laughs> adjusting to the varsity level?
3: Uh, Very well. You know, to be honest, like, I mean, having – um, I think he's averaging about, like, 12 or 13 right now as a freshman, um, one of our better shooters, um, you know, per se, and, and he's one of our top three defenders. You know, I mean, he he makes freshman mistakes, which is understandable for a freshman, but you're going to live with him because, like, again, you. one thing I really learned from Coach Valley, like, you're going to take the younger guy because – you got four years, like you got three years, whatever the case may be. You know, with a junior, you got two years. So Mm -hmm. you always want those younger guys because you can teach them along the way. But with him, he had been playing with our guys in summer leagues and all different other things, you know.
0: And he was playing pickup with us in the summer.
3: right. So it it was, (laughs) I mean, like when he came in, it was like, all right, you know, Deuce is here. Like, about time you here already. Like, you've been playing with us for forever. So, you know, it's like, all right, about time you here, bro. Like, let's, let's get it going now. Everything that you done prepared for, mm-hmm. you know, with our kids. You know, they, he plays he's playing with our kids all the time, with our middle schools, with our high schools, and whatever events that he can play with them in. And him playing with them just was like, hey, I, I want to say it was easier for him, but if it wasn't easier, it looked like it was easier mm-hmm.
0: for yeah. him. So, speaking about TCA – News broke the you know that the yeah. school is closing. How do you feel about that? Being that you said this one of the better teams that you've had, mm-hmm. how do you feel about, feel about the school closing? And, um, what do you think will I mean, I know what you hope will happen. What, what do you think will happen for the years to
3: come for TCA? Uh, the, the first day I took you, like, the first day it was like kind of shocking. It's mm-hmm. like, how are you going to close the school with all this history and mm-hmm. tradition? And you know, and then. I started to, like, think, like, all right, well, what do we got to do to keep it open? And it was a lot of people who um, thought the same way I thought. Like right. so we put the group together on Facebook, Save Train Catholic Academy. And um, from that time that, that group um, was created, um, we basically turned the tables, like, mm-hmm. you know, with um, different ideas that we had and, you know, the different alumni, like, the alumni, like, if you really get to meet like the alumni that go to Trent Catholic, they're some great people. Like, and they understand the, the mission of our school. Like, when Sister Dorothy was alive, like, mm-hmm. it was just like, she said to me the first day Fauci introduced me to her, Fauci, she told Fauci to get out the office. <laughs> we had a conversation and she said, the number one goal here is that kids don't pay for college. And that was what made me understand, like, this is about this is about college. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about that. So with that in mind and everybody understanding like how valuable not only our sports programs are, but the community that TCA builds within like its own community, it's like, all right, we can't let this go. And we've made tremendous um, strides. Tour keeping the school open, and um, you know, leave it up to everybody else. The school closing, but school ain't closing like that. It ain't happening. You know, we have a, a website right now. I want to say it's ironmikefund.com. dot com. I'll
0: throw it in the yeah. description, and you'll it. see it on the screen.
3: Yeah, and I'll look um, look that up. I'll send you the flyer and everything that they have together. But we're taking pledges right now. We have like great alumni. Some of the alumni came through today. Just to see and tell us how proud of how proud of us they were that um you know that we're overcoming adversity like that was that was a week before the season started mm-hmm. and not even a week I want to say it was season started Monday it was that Friday that it came out and parents calling, what am I doing? let's get through the season first mm-hmm. right let's get through the season first and we'll worry about the future later and um you know with that we have a very good um Parent organization um, that's ran by Melissa Fusick and she just she grinds away every day with the help of all the other parents, but they grind away every day at making sure that this school community stays together and for me it's, it's weird because I work in a public school during the day I work here at night and it's like oh, both schools are families and but because TCA is so small. Mm-hmm. There's no like, it's 500 people in this little building <laughs> that like you know everybody, and you know with that we can't we can't break that up like it's just too much history tradition and even with the name change we still aren't like you know I feel like right. I'm part of this program I was, like I'm saying like we still aren't mice at the end of the day because it's like you have that it's like we've been on the same property. Regardless of whatever the school says, you know, whatever the name is, mm-hmm. we've all been here together, and, you know, we just – there's no way that this place can close. It ain't closing. Like, it's – Right. We're keeping it together. We're keeping everything going, and um, they'll have more information out later
2: at a later date. On top of Reggie's question, though, know, yeah. you said you guys are not closing, but I wanted to know, like, how did the players react to hearing that news about the school closing? Um,
3: the seniors were like um, – they were like if like, you know, I'm graduating school. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, kinda of doesn't yeah. Man. But the juniors, um, their parents called me right away. Like junior year in high school basketball is key. So like if you don't really, you know, you're not getting gaining your attraction and recruiting and all that other stuff, you have to figure out a way to navigate it. So with that, it uh kinda the junior class was way more like in depth and we only have like four or five juniors, but that I started to like now coaches are reaching out to me from other schools, like mm. out of state schools, you know, in state schools. Um, what are you doing? Like, what am I doing? Like as a coach, like are you leaving? Like, you know, what's going on? Can you bring the guys with you? <laughs> and it was all that. And like I just had to like stop it. I'm like, yo, yeah, we have a season, you know, regardless of how many games we play, whatever tournament whatever you give us, we're going to have a goal that we're trying to reach at the end of the year. And if we can reach that goal at the end of the year, I have to have my undivided attention to this goal. So with that being said, you know, we were playing a sectional tournament and everything else. And I just had to tell the parents, tell the kids from all the ages, like we have to focus here, March 7th or whatever it is, the date that it's over, we'll refocus we on to what we're doing next year and AAU season It's just a lot of things that got to happen before June, like, Uh so it's, like, all that going on, like, the junior, but I said, the junior class is very crazy, the freshman class is like, all right, y'all freshmen, y'all got three more years, we can send you somewhere else, but other than that, like, it was um, kind of, like, weird, like, you know, the seniors didn't care, the juniors were very concerned, freshmen, they freshmen, they they don't think nothing going nowhere, they think it's going to be the same next year, Uh and the sophomores are, you know, somewhat of the same way, so. That kind of – it was di- different all across the board, but um, I had to refocus everybody. Like, you, we can't do this. Like, we got to win whatever we have. we win right. winning, and let's move on.
0: So before we let you go, I got a couple questions, a couple people asked on Instagram. So the first one is, uh, what was the biggest challenge for you being a young coach? Uh,
3: the biggest challenge for me was that uh, – Wow. <laughs> I don't want to say it was a it was a challenge, but playing time. Mm-hmm. Like trying to figure out how are you supposed to play, kids? Because we've never been bad. Mm-hmm. And every team I've had, um, I've tried to have a good point guard on it because you don't want that point guard that's trying to score all the time. You want the one that's going to distribute, get everybody involved, and make everybody happy. So playing time was very difficult because um, we just had, like, we might have had 10 guys on the bench, so none of those guys play college basketball now. Mm -hmm. Like, so um, with that being said, it was finding time for them to play was very difficult to start out. But it was cool because everybody understood that, like, I can't play every game. I'm just – kids here going D1 and I ain't going D1 I gotta you know I gotta readjust what I'm doing but practices I tell the kids now practices are more competitive than most of our games because you playing D1 talent Mm -hmm. in practice and you might play somebody who ain't never gonna play college basketball or ever touch a basketball after the day they graduate so Mm -hmm. practices is really where I put a lot of emphasis on right now
2: yeah that's how it should be though practice should be harder than the game definitely That's, that's, I just want that. Oh, I thought you had <laughs>
0: yeah. more. Oh, one more question. Uh, as a young coach, who has experienced success? What would be his, your advice to aspiring coaches?
3: Um, be you. Mm. Like, you have to be whoever. whatever, Whatever you know as a coach, put it out there. And whatever you don't know as a coach, find somebody that knows. Like I hate being the smartest person in the room. I tell you, <laughs> I tell people that all the time. Like I always put together. Like you know, when openings come around, like you know, the UN job that became available at one time, and um, I had put together a staff. Like my youngest assistant coach was like twenty years older than me. Mm. Like, and it was like people. Like I'm talking to people about. Like they're like, why? Why him? Why? I mean, he's been there twenty years. Like I mm-hmm. don't really. I want somebody who's like going to. Like if I don't have the answers, somebody has to have the answers. And like my right hand man is Dave Broach when it comes to coaching. I think Dave ten years older than me, eleven years older than me. And like (laughs) we We literally will talk basketball for two and a half hours and don't even know we're talking about like don't even know it's been two and a half hours. And he's been coaching longer than I've been coaching and it ain't by many years, but it's like we just we we know, like, how I don't know this answer, but I know Dave got to know. Like, you've been there too long not to know. So, you know, and a lot of my coaching mentors are very 20, 30, 40 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So when I have these conversations with them, I'm not scared to say I don't know. Like, I don't have the answer for this question. And I go into practice every day. Like, Coach Eric right now, like the head coach of TCA, he is literally – coached that you know, Division One, JUCOs, D2, mm-hmm. D3 schools, you know. So a lot of people, like, question a lot of the things that he does, but it's like I'm just – I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Learning while still putting, you know, my input in on the game and the things that I know that I've learned. So, again, like, you know, as a young coach, find people that know more than you, make them your assistant coaches, and also be true to who you are. As a as a coach, so it, it really that boils down to that. You know, at that point,
0: shout out to Dave too because that second que- question was from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to you, Dave.
3: <laughs> listen, man. And Dave knows, like you know, we we get ready to take a team out of state soon, and I told him he's like I don't know if I'm, you know you going like I need you to go. <laughs> I'll pay for the plane ticket and everything. You gotta go, bro like this is just the way that we you know it's the way that we coach, and I don't feel comfortable without having somebody there that knows more than me. Cause it's like, we might get in any situation mm-hmm. down 30. We ain't usually down 30, but it may happen. <laughs> he may have a solution that I don't have. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be able to find people that know more than you and develop your skills that way. Instead of saying, I'm not bad. Like I'm not good enough. Nah, you're good enough. Just find somebody that knows more than you.
2: Last
0: question. I'd like to ask all my guests. Um, And with your answer, you got to try to help us get this person. So who would you like to see on the Playmaker podcast next? Dave. Dave Broach? Dave. Hey, you better accept this invite, too. (laughs) Dave
3: is really, uh, like, Dave is like, he don't want to tell everybody. But Dave, like, he knows. Like, he knows the basketball Mm. world inside and out. And it's very, he's helped me tremendously. My first I brought like, he came in, I came into TCA first, and he came to a practice, and I was like, yeah, you come on too. Like, you know, so when we first got there, we were there together from the beginning, and we just, it was like a connection that, like, my dad, my, my dad, my brother played with his brother on my dad's team. Mm-hmm. So that was where I first met Dave. So that was like 15, 16 years ago, something like that. And ever since then... You know, we didn't know it was going to get to, like, where we coached together, but we've always seen basketball in the same, you know, the same odd to eye type of thing. And he's been on that level where he's coached a lot of D1 talent, I coached a lot of D1 talent, but it's different when you're in different states and, you know, different mm-hmm. different ways that you train and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, get Dave on here. Dave got a lot to tell people. He don't really want to tell people.
0: <laughs> Make sure you accept that invite, like I said. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Playmaker Podcast. We want to thank Sean again for uh, joining the show. We want I want to thank my brother for, you know, filling in for uh, Kita and DJ Bean. Um, also, shout out to TCA's girls team, ranked 12 in the nation. Yeah, 12, yes. right?
3: Yep, they 12 today. It came out today.
0: 12 in the nation. I'm having Sharika on in March, so be on the lookout for that. Assistant coach at TCA uh, for the girls varsity team. Uh, once again, we want to thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure y'all subscribe, you know, leave a review. Let us know what we did, good, bad, all that good stuff. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening. This is the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. Peace. Visit our website at theplaymakerpodcast.com and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify.